Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Doe. I'm a product marketing director for our risk solutions portfolio here at Equifax. We're seeing the cost of living rising across the globe, and it's having a significant impact on consumer wallets in the U.S. and abroad. So what does this mean for the lending industry? And what should we do to help build resilience into your 2023 plans? We'll answer those questions in today's episode, which is a continuation of our Market Pulse webinar from November that addressed how economic headwinds are impacting the U.S. economy. But first, we'll get a quick economic update from Dr. David Fieldhouse, Director of Consumer Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics. David? Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you know, when we look at the economic data and really the Q4 2022 economic data, it really suggests that we're at a turning point. The data had come in very strong to start the quarter, but the last couple data points seemed to be a bit weaker. So we were hoping that GDP could have grown as high as 3% in the fourth quarter annualized, but our forecast of the final number and the final print when it comes in thinks uh, we expect it to soften a bit to 2.7%. And really the Fed is getting what it wants. Industrial production fell sharply at the end of the month. We saw some disappointing retail sales numbers. Uh, overall, there's a big dent in household wealth, House prices are falling and they'll continue to do so. Uh, Stock markets are down well below where they were just over a year ago. Looking at those uh, December retail sales numbers, they really were a bit disappointing overall. They were driven by a couple pieces, uh, low gas prices, new vehicle sales fell sharply in part because of the high interest rates, uh, and holiday sales were modest overall. I do want to point out that retail sales in October were very strong. It might be a case that buyers were really getting ahead, making their purchases early, and and overall retail sales numbers for the quarter were were okay, but, but the last December numbers were very weak. And in general, we're seeing a shift from goods purchases back to services. And and some of this had been driven by really high uh, inflation in the goods sectors until recently. But, you know, overall, we're seeing inflation moderate, which is good. Core good prices are down 0.3%. Compared to a year ago, they're only up 2.1%, which is very comfortable for the Fed. Uh, you know, inflation is continuing though for services, so it, numbers are a bit higher than the the core prices o- overall. But uh, inflation is looks to be on the right track. Our outlook for 2023 is soft, but we still do not have a recession in our forecast. We expect GDP to be very weak in the first half of the year, but still positive. Overall, in the entire year, we think it's going to be 1.3%. Uh, we're expecting a 25 basis point hike in this month from the Fed, and we also assume that lawmakers are going to figure out how to handle the debt ceiling issue. But we do want to caution that there's a bit more uncertainty about how this will come to a conclusion than there has been in past episodes. So a little bit more uncertainty there that we're watching out for. Uh, If we want to look at our uh, forecast for retail sales, uh, we think retail sales will be modest in 2023. Most of the gain will be in prices. There'll be little real growth overall. High interest rates are going to make retail spending more expensive, so it's going to be harder to justify putting a purchase on your credit card or maybe through some buy now, pay later, or you're not going to get that auto loan going into 2023 that you might have gotten with lower interest rates. And we think that consumers will still have a bit of uh, excess savings that they can work their way through in 2023. So we don't think it's going to be a collapse in retail sales. We think overall it's just going to be a modest growth, especially when we think about the outlook for 
GDP overall. Uh, and the biggest risks to in the, in the retail space we think are going to be energy prices. If if energy prices go up, it's going to be obviously good for gas gasoline stations and fuel oil dealers, but the other segments would pay the price. So that's the risk that we see going forward in 2023. Thanks, David. We're joined by Swarnima Pandey, an analytics insights expert with Equifax Canada. She will share her database business insights for the lending industry and more. Welcome, Swarnima. Great to see you. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So let's get started. Uh, Let's talk about the global perspective. The IMF is predicting that global growth may slow to 2.7% in 2023, and global inflation may rise to 8.8%. Can you give us the latest update on global consumer insights and impacts? Inflation has been a big talking point for quite some time now. Consumer price index is rising across the globe and it's affecting not just consumers, it's also affecting businesses which are feeling the financial pressure from the rising cost of living. And inflation affects our day-to-day lives, especially when it comes to cost of essentials, energy, gasoline, food. The costs of all these essentials have risen And in Canada, we did see a brief slowdown in the cost of energy and gasoline, but prices are still higher than pre-pandemic. Food prices are extremely high right now. In the UK, the cost of energy has skyrocketed. They are expecting it to increase further. And more consumers are transferring money from their savings to checking to accommodate for the rising cost. Now, both Australia as well as New Zealand have seen the fastest rise in inflation in the last 21 years and price of utilities have risen at a much faster rate in every region. Now, this impacts consumers and businesses as their operational costs are rising, which will ultimately lead to these costs being transferred to consumers at some point. And as discussed in the Market Pulse webinar, the impact of inflation is affecting consumer payment behavior. More consumers are starting to miss payments now, especially on their non-mortgage products than they were 12 months ago. So in Canada, auto credit card delinquency levels are rising from the lows that we saw in 2021. And again, interest rates are also rising. And so payments for variable rate mortgages could put a lot of pressure on consumers' monthly expenses. In fact, in Australia, the mortgage holders have already started seeking assistance with payments from their financial institution, especially those who opted for mortgage deferral during the pandemic. In the US, we are seeing delinquencies on personal loans rise and are exceeding the pre-pandemic levels and other non-mortgage products are also approaching 2019 levels. So clearly across the globe, we are feeling the impact of rising cost of living. Great. So let's drill down a little bit further from what you just shared to understand the U.S. perspective a little bit further. You're reporting that consumer loans are exceeding the pre-COVID delinquency levels. You mentioned auto loans originated earlier this year have already started missing payments. So what what does this signal and and what does this mean for, for lenders? Okay, to understand how consumer payment behavior has changed, let's go back to 2020 and see what happened. Pandemic hit, lockdown started, unemployment rates shot up for a very brief period of time, but then government intervened and provided consumers with financial support. This helped a lot of consumers in paying off their debt and improving their credit performance. Hence, we saw a huge dip in delinquencies all through 2021. Fast forward 2022, as the financial buffer is depleting, 
consumers have started missing payments. And a lot of this is getting back to pre-pandemic levels, but now we also need to account for high inflation, which was not there back then. Now, th there is some additional risk coming through, especially when it comes to accounts that are recently open. So, and this may well be the result of consumers relying on credit more in a financially difficult time. So we do anticipate delinquencies to increase further in the future. Therefore, collection practices and identifying financially vulnerable consumers is more important than ever now. And as mentioned before, consumers tend to rely on credit as they feel financial pressure mounting. So reviewing application qualification practices to minimize any future losses will be essential as rising cost of living puts immense pressure on consumers. That's helpful insight. I want to jump back to the webinar that you presented on. I know that we conducted a poll um, to try to get insight from the attendees and understand what they were most concerned about. And I know you've got those results. And so I want to hear um, a little bit more from you on what you found surprising yeah. about those webinar attendees and, and how they responded. Honestly, the results were not surprising at all. The top okay. most concerns <laughs> that came up in the poll were inflation and interest rates. Mm. I did not participate in that poll, but if I was, there would be that would be my concern too because I have a variable rate mortgage right now with my monthly payment gone up by almost $500 in the last 7 months and my grocery bills are extremely high. So my savings are fast depleting. So it, it doesn't come as a surprise to me that these would be a con top concerns for most consumers and lenders. We are in a strange economic period where both inflation is high, interest rate is high. So normally when inflation rises, interest rate levels are increased to curb inflation because higher rates means is to encourage savings and discourage borrowing, so lesser spending. So if you're spending less, companies start lowering their prices, hence inflation comes down. The issue right now is we have had multiple interest rate hikes and which have had very muted impact on inflation so far. Both US as well as Canada increased their rates by around 400 to 425 basis points this year. And we saw similar hikes announced in Australia and UK, but again, very little impact on inflation. Some of the reasons why inflation is still high is because of the increased disposable income during the pandemic, as well as the current geopolitical tensions. Therefore, we are in a challenging economic period where consumers, as well as businesses and lenders, both are juggling inflation and interest rate. So it is causing a lot of concern. But one good thing that is helping the economy is a strong labor market, both in US as well as Canada. Employment rates are historically low. So consumers are not as vulnerable as of now as they would be if the labor market was weak. You said you weren't particularly surprised by those results, and, and it does make sense to me as well. So if, if you think maybe back to the results or just advice you might have in general, what do you think lenders are not looking as carefully at that maybe they should be in order to still find opportunity now or be successful in a challenging environment? Two things comes to my mind. Uh, I think lenders need to remember that a lot of consumers have massively improved their credit health since 2020. Many of these consumers had financial difficulty before the pandemic. One in five consumer in Canada who took a payment deferral during the pandemic already had a delinquency of the, on file pre-pandemic. And majority, like 75% of those consumers have already missed payments or at least one credit product. 
And the average revolving rates on their credit card is also higher than the average population. So monitoring this segment could really result in identifying early signs of financial stress. Another factor I think we can benefit from is if we look at the past to predict the future. When interest rates started rising back in 2018, the impact on consumer behavior was not immediately visible. It took some time. So in 12 months, people started missing credit card payments. In 18 months, they started going bankrupt. And we saw a massive rise in non-mortgage delinquencies, especially for consumers with a variable rate product. So sometimes looking at a past interest rate rise can actually help us mitigate early risk. Okay, and so tell me, uh, Swarnima, what would you uh, consider opportunities for lenders during this challenging environment? So yes, credit lending will get impacted by all these economic changes, but one opportunity that does rise is the interest rates are rising and they've slowed down the housing market a little. So the mortgage frenzy that we saw in 2021 with extremely low rates and crazy jump in house prices is finally going to come to an end. And yes, the cost of borrowing is very high right now, but there has been price correction in markets and market is getting less competitive. So it will help a lot of first time home buyers with their home purchases who were previously being pushed out of the market due to these high prices. So even though you might see lower mortgage volume for some consumers, but there are still consumers and first time home buyers who will benefit from this. Another area for growth could be auto. Semiconductor shortage caused major supply chain issues in the auto industry, and its impact was visible all across the globe. Lower supply chain, high demand pushed car prices up, and the biggest change we saw was in the used car market, where used car market used car prices are now at historic highs and reducing affordability for many. But now that those supply chain issues are slowly getting resolved and car prices are stabilizing, it will give rise to more demand and less risky consumers so that they can afford, because now they can afford these cars at, at lesser amortization term. Unlike what we've seen in 2020, late 2021 and 2022, where people are taking higher loans and longer terms. And now, and they started to miss payments within three months on books. So more demand, less risky consumers, at least for the auto. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, as we wrap up, uh, I'm curious for what your top recommendations um, would be for lenders. And you've shared plenty, but I'm curious to get your top hits. Well, it's going to be more important than ever to understand your consumer's overall financial position and if they are at risk. So measuring their risk capacity is a great way to understand consumers' financial health. Uh, risk capacity is basically a measure of the ability of consumer to take on additional risks and still have a strong likelihood of making their other payments. And often in financial crisis, we'll see consumers take on more credit to pay off their mortgages or other loans. So getting a 360 degree view of consumer's debt is important to assess that risk. And now looking at different types of credit products, mortgages are usually the last product the consumer will default on. But anyone with a variable rate mortgage is now feeling a lot of financial pressure. Even if we are not seeing mortgage delinquencies rise, they could start missing to miss payments on other products to cover their mortgage cost. And hence, another area to monitor would be credit card payment behavior because credit card is usually comes in the bottom of payment hierarchy, which means financially stressed environment, a consumer would rather default on their card than on their mortgage, which comes at the top of the hierarchy. If you see consumers start missing payments on their credit card, that could be an early sign to indicate that they're financially stressed. And even if they're not missing complete payments, 
They could be transactors, which are consumers who, is, who are paying their balances in full and switch consistently into devolving their balance. That means they're paying less than 90% or minimum payments. And that would eventually put the consumer at the risk of defaulting. Being able to segment your population using payment amounts against the obligations and understanding the cash flow will definitely going to be a key to understanding whether or not you have a pocket of customers that are more at risk than others. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, and for your time today on the podcast, Wernima. We hope you'll join us back again here soon. To learn more about uh, our Market Pulse webinar series, go to equifax.com forward slash Market Pulse or check the show notes today. You can find an on-demand version of the webinar that Swarnima participated in with us, and you can also find the presentation slides for that as well. Um, and all of this insight came from our Equifax Global Credit Trends Report, um, and there'll be a link to access that and more uh, in our show notes today. We hope you'll join us next time for Market Pulse. The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at Equifax.com.